1: good evening everybody and welcome to network indiana's indiana sports talk i'm bob lovell it's brought to you by indiana donor network we're glad you're with us coming up this hour we're going to talk some notre dame football some racing big racing night big racing weekend so a lot to come up plus later on some high school football right now though he is the star of the show because he has all the information you could possibly want it's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell.
2: It's nice to have you back for season number 30 of Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It's also nice to be working with our fantastic producer, Nathaniel Finch, this evening. Major League Baseball, a lot of games have gone final. About six games going on right now, including the Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago White Sox. This is in the top of the ninth inning. 7-4 is the score advantage. The Chicago White Sox. Luis Robert is 2 for two today for the white Sox, he's got a home run andrew vaughn has a home run as well elvis, elvis andrews has three hits including one home run but the big story out of this one tim anderson vs jose ramirez here's how it sounded with jason benetti on nbc sports chicago
0: oscar's throw is
3: not in time He just missed him at second base. This is another rocket of a throw, and now... Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Here come the benches. Off we go. It
0: started with Anderson and Ramirez. Swings being taken. Kopak had to hold him back, and everybody's spilling out here in Cleveland.
2: Six total ejections, and that was the Chicago side of things on the television front. Here is how it sounded on the Cleveland Guardians radio network with Tom Hamilton first
0: slide, safe and in the score is
2: Jimenez.
0: And another hustle double, right over the bag at first, now Hosey and Anderson square off, they're fighting, they're swinging, down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson! Ramirez went in with a head first slide, Hosie never gets upset about Thing. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Jose decked
2: him. Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez were rightfully ejected for their actions in that brawl. Pedro Griffal, the manager of the White Sox, was ejected. Those two were the only White Sox ejected. Four total on the Cleveland side. Ramirez, closer Emmanuel Classe, manager Terry Francona, and third base coach Mike Sarbaugh were all ejected. They will wrap up their three-game series tomorrow, and it will be the final time the two teams play on the season. The St. Louis Cardinals and the Colorado Rockies have gone final 6-2 victory for the Redbirds. They've evened up the series at a game apiece. They will go for the rubber match, and the series win tomorrow afternoon. Taking a look at this one, though, Tommy Edmond had three hits. Wilson Contreras had a pair of hits. Paul Goldschmidt as well. Seven of the nine starters in the lineup for the Redbirds had a hit. Tyler O'Neill. With a home run, he had the only home run on the St. Louis side of things. Stephen Matz, he went six innings. He gave up one run. The Cardinals are 49-63. and The Colorado Rockies are 43-67. and Staying in the National League Central, the Chicago Cubs took on the Atlanta Braves for Game 2 of their three-game series. Yesterday, it was Braves 8-0 over the Cubbies. Today, it was the Cubbies 8-6 over the Atlanta Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr., back-to-back games now with three hits hits in five at-bats. Cody Bellinger with more hits. He had two today. James B. Swanson, Ian Happ, and Jamer Candelario all hit home runs for the Cubs, who are 57-54 and on the season after this win. The Braves are 70-38. and Also in the National League Central, the Cincinnati Reds fall for the fifth consecutive game. They lose 7-3 today to the Chicago White Sox. Andrew Abbott with his worst start of his rookie season. He goes five and two thirds. He gives up nine hits and six earned runs while walking five national hitters. TJ Friedel was responsible for driving in the three runs for Cincinnati with a three run home run in the bottom of the sixth. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Eddie Garrison. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. That was I love the call. That was fantastic. Was well, that a great call? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Oh my! I haven't seen the replay yet, but I loved the call. <laughs> oh, my! All right, Eddie, stay with us. We got to we got to talk some Notre Dame football. Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish Illustrated, joins me. Dr. Clark, we had a little action today in South Bend. Got a chance to see some balls in the air, see some people knocking each other around, did we not? Yeah, Notre Dame back on
3: the practice field this morning in full pads. So we saw some contact in addition to the four quarterbacks, a chance to talk with them in addition to quarterback's coach, Gino Galluli. But a lot of enthusiasm. And, Bob, I've got something to tell you about Blake Fisher. He got manhandled by defensive end, no. Riley Mills. And so a little reality check for our guy out of the Indianapolis <laughs> area, but that might be a motivator for him.
1: Well, you, you know what? It's kind of like the, the old, hey, welcome to the big leagues, so to speak. And, I mean, it is uh, um, really, really uh, important for them to get out. And we've talked about it last night. Um, everybody understands how football is. It, ha- it helps to have – the quarterback who you can count on, and and, uh, it's going to be a battle. So what were your general impressions of uh, this workout today?
3: Oh, Notre Dame is just going through the drills and just trying to get better. And afterwards, we had a chance to talk to the quarterbacks and Gino Galluli. The big thing that Gino Galluli says, he's got confidence in every one of the quarterbacks, and that's a sign of reassurance for his players, and it really translates on the field. And I asked him, how do you coach – Sam Hartman, who's entering his sixth year of college football. And I got a very interesting answer. Now, when Sam came to Notre Dame back in the spring, Mm -hmm. he came into a Mm -hmm. whole new offense and system and really needed to learn how to take a snap under center. And so he was learning from Tyler Buckner, who eventually transferred to Alabama, and Steve Angeli. So here is this heir apparent of Notre Dame at quarterback being tutored by some of the guys who didn't see a lot of time last season. But that was really a humbling experience for him. Uh, So the big thing out of Sam today was talking about one play, one life. And then when we talked to Steve Angeli, the backup quarterback, he said as the, the second-string quarterback, you have to prepare every day like you're mm-hmm. going to be a starter because Sam Hartman could be one play away from being knocked out. And right. that translated down to Kenny Minchie, who is on the third-string quarterback, the true freshman, an early enrollee, who says he's just trying to be the best person of himself. And then Dylan Devazin, who is a sophomore playing his first year, who will be the holder for the Fighting Irish, he just mm-hmm. talked about, because he's not getting reps in practice, he's taking mental reps. And so you're getting the mental aspect of preparing for quarterback in addition to the physical, and it was just a good practice session for the Fighting Irish this morning.
1: You know what? It won't be long before they get started. This thing creeps up on you. And uh, it's always so important to avoid injuries, especially to, to key players and. Uh, this group has high expectations, does it not? I mean, they're they're obviously built in it's part of the DNA, but, but this is a group with some of the guys coming back that they have, especially on the defensive side. I would think they'd be excited about this team.
3: I think you hit it on the head. You know, the fans are excited, but more importantly, the players are excited because they know right. that they're a national championship caliber team, and it really translates – on the field and off the field. And as I said, I thought Blake Fisher had that nice swagger about him, but maybe it was good that he got that reality check because that's going to make him (laughs) fight even harder as three weeks until kickoff in Dublin against Navy. And so, as you said, stay healthy. And, and I think this is that we talked about it last night, Marcus Freeman, his second year, he knows how to push the players, how to back off a little bit, but, More importantly, he is a great motivator. And when he talked about hitting this morning, he said, get out there and get after it and do your best. And we saw that on the field today.
1: Well, it won't be long before all of you head over to Dublin. Um, I cannot imagine how much fun the kids are going to have. You you talk about – Uh, This is a supposed it's in theory still supposed to be an educational experience. I would tend to think that it would be you had a chance to go to Dublin. And I know with all your great work and the video work and all the and the things you've done, you're fired up about this, are you not? I am, and the players are too. Now, a couple of the players, as part
3: of the classic, had a chance to go over to J.D. Bertrand, who has a very interesting story. His father, an American, grew up in Dublin and was a rugby star. And so we right. had a chance to go back for like the hundredth time, if you will. But uh, it, it, this is really a chance for the student athlete to represent their university, to immerse themselves in a different culture, and to be ambassadors for the program. Now, they'll fly out on Wednesday, get there on Thursday. And the players are going to stay about an hour away from Dublin, at a, um, mm-hmm. a you know away from the area. But they'll have a chance right. to come into the city, get on one of the tour buses, and, and get a chance to see the city and experience it.
1: He's Melvin Clark, Doctor Clark from Irish Illustrated. Lynn, thanks as always. Have a fantastic weekend.
2: NTT IndyCar Series back in action this weekend for the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix from the streets of Nashville on the Nashville Street Circuit qualifications today. Scott McLaughlin, he will be on the pole for tomorrow's race. Paddle Award second. Colton Herta, third. Alex Polo fourth. Davis Malou- David Malukas fifth. Ramon Grosjean will start sixth. And when you take a look at the rest of the season, entering tomorrow, they have five races left. After tomorrow's race, they will have four left. Green flag tomorrow drops at 12 o'clock noon Eastern. You can watch it on NBC. Peacock, And, of course, you can listen to it on the IndyCar radio network. And when you're looking at the championship standings right now, Alex Pillow is first. He's got 477 points. Joseph Newgarden is second, and he has an 80-point deficit. And Scott Dixon is third, and he is 120 points behind Alex Pillow, who assuredly will win the NTT IndyCar Series with a solid showing Tomorrow afternoon, the Chicago White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians game has officially gone final. Seven four winners for the White Sox. Offensively, they were led by Elvis Andrews. He was three for four today. He had a home run. Luis Robert had a home run, and Andrew Vaughn had a home run. Those were three or four home runs for the White Sox. They are forty three and sixty eight now. Guardians are fifty four. And 57. Minor League Baseball, the Indianapolis Indians falls to Gwinnett Stripers 5-1. And the Fort Wayne Tin Caps blitz the Great Lakes Loons 10-1 in five innings. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Racing tomorrow, noon start in Nashville, Tennessee, Big Machine, Music City, Grand Prix. You can hear it on many of these same stations on the Indianapolis the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. The star of the network, the voice of the Indianapolis 500, Mark James. Hello, Mark. Coach, good evening. How are you? I'm not as good as you because you are in Music City getting ready for some racing. Scott McLaughlin on the pole. Kind of an easy pole attempt today. I mean, his margin was is one of the bigger ones we've had all year. Yeah, I
4: mean, he's hooked up, that's for sure. I mean, there's a former pole sitter there, and, uh, you know, he's taken to the courses some guys are prone to do. I mean, uh, you know, Cole mm-hmm. Curtis is going to start toward the front as well. He's a former pole sitter there, but, uh Today was certainly a day of, uh, of, of hurry up and wait, coach. As uh, you know, Mother Nature disrupted <laughs> the proceedings a little bit. But uh, once mm-hmm. all was said and done, it turned out to be a very uh, compelling qualifying session and uh, promises to set the stage for a great race tomorrow.
1: Radio professional that you are, I'm sure you had no trouble filling time. Well,
4: you know, when you've got guys like Michael Young and Jake Query yeah. and, yeah. uh, and, and Nick Yeoman and yours truly and Davy Hamilton floating around, I mean, there's plenty of stories now. I'm not suggesting that uh, they weren't embellished a bit, but uh, they were stories nonetheless that helped <laughs> to
1: pass the time for sure. <laughs> that's well said. That is well said. That is uh, you know The problem, too, is that group, I hope you guys didn't unleash yourselves on the streets of Nashville. I don't think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, you
4: know, I'm a little past that at this stage of my life, but I'm sure some of the <laughs> younger guys on the crew like uh, Alex Wolf and uh, and, 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 right. and Nick Yeoman, they're going to get their money's worth tonight, Ryan Moraine, and, of course, they have the world's oldest teenager, track dude, Michael Young, with them. So uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll go out and have a good time on Music City, probably hit up uh, Tootsie's
1: Orchid Lounge. Well, I was thinking maybe you you probably took your demo tape with you and wanted to get it in the hands of the right people.
4: Well, in, you know what, Joe, I'm, a, a I'm like you. Star, I'm on the back so. side of the seal, so I'm not looking to move on from
1: here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely am on the backside, for for heaven's sakes. All right, so this will be an interesting, you know, in the scoreboard Update, Eddie talking about you're going to have four races after this one left. Uh, this is an important race for the obvious reasons. You want to win whenever you're driving, but there's so much going on in this race. Yeah, I mean you've got Joseph
4: Newgarden who's trying to track down uh, Alex Palou, and uh, Joseph uh, qualified ninth. And that's not like he can't win for that position, but the guy he's chasing, Alex Pillow, uh will roll off in the fourth position. So you know there's there's that to be wary of. And uh, you know as we talked about last night a little bit, I mean uh, is has has probably put himself in a position where it's his uh, his championship uh, to lose and. You know, to give you an idea of the mountain that Joseph has to climb, uh, Alex Palo has not finished worse than eighth in any race this season, and uh, there's nobody else even close wow. to that, that that number this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a long race. Um, uh, the pit strategy will, will be a key in terms of when to use the primary tires and the alternates, but, uh, you know, plenty of good storylines because as we talked about last night, you know, there's there's drivers who may have already reached agreement in terms of what their future is for next year, but many, many drivers mm-hmm. are looking to mm-hmm. impress their current teams or maybe teams of the future, and um, there's, uh, there's a lot to be said for that and uh, a lot on the line for these drivers tomorrow,
1: for sure. Who's had success on this track? I mean, who's, who really takes to this track and you'd consider possibly a favorite in tomorrow's race? Well, you know, it's in the third year of existence, and, uh,
4: you know, Ganassi's pretty well dominated it with Marcus Erickson winning the first one, right. and Scott right. Dixon. But, uh, you know, pesky drivers have done well here, but I mean, Colton Herta is as good as there is, and he's rolling off in third position. So, certainly, you know, he bears watching, but Laughlin's very comfortable here. A couple of guys that I think that are a pretty good story after qualifying today, guys that whose seasons have not gone as well. I mean, David Malukas, a likable young driver for Dale Coyne, has, I think, four top 10 right. finishes and then six races where he's finished 20 if there were. So it's been up or down. Ramon Grosjean has had plenty of attention heaped on him because some of his difficulties this year, including today with his teammate Colton Herta, who wasn't really happy with him in qualifying. He had a good qualifying run today, rolls off in six. So, you know, uh, there's a handful of guys that seem to take to this place pretty well. Those are the ones that you usually find up front. So um, I, I think by the time we get to the final stint, you should see the Ganassi cars. Dixon always finds his way to the front, even though he's rolling mm-hmm. off himself. You know, Coach, he, he had a rare mishap in the round of 12 today, which is why he's qualifying 12. He hit the wall. And I think I figured it up real quick. Oh. And in 380 starts, he's only failed to finish the race 50 times in 380 starts. And that's just a, a phenomenal record. And, wow. and when he does have an instant like he had today when he hit the wall during qualifying, it just doesn't look right to see Scott Nixon in <laughs> yeah. that position. That's the kind of no. respect you no. have for him. And and so, um, but, but but, yeah, I mean, energy level at an all-time high there and a lot of buzz around the event and it should be a great day of racing for sure
1: you alluded to it earlier we're getting into getting ready for the uh, silly season as you like to say Uh, are are there uh, are the rumors abounding yet about certain guys and certain teams or are they still kind of under wraps on this Well, I I think, you know, a a
4: lot of it's got to do with when they can and can't talk to teams. I mean, those discussions probably go on behind the scenes, but the big domino is Alex Pelot. I mean, there was the well-documented situation with his contract last year, and you know, will he be in Formula One next year or will he be driving for Errol McLaren Mm. or is there an outside chance that Chip has an opportunity to keep him at Ganassi especially? The last thing you want to do is see a guy win a championship and then walk off with it to another race team. Yeah, Uh, That may be the situation Chip finds himself in. And then can he bring Marcus Erickson up to that car or will he? Or has Marcus already reached a deal with Andretti Almasport? I think we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe only four, five, six drivers that are with a team currently this year, Coach. That will be with that same team by the time we get to St. Pete next spring. The silly wow. season is going to be—it's going to be incredible. It really is because there's just so many guys in the contract year. It's kind of a rarity in the sport, quite right. frankly.
1: Right. All right, you got an early call. You got a noon start, right? So walk me through your schedule uh, on the IMS Radio Network tomorrow.
4: Yeah, at ten o'clock. We'll have flag to flag coverage of the, the Indy Next presented by Firestone. Uh, those are the. Uh the, the future stars of the NTT IndyCar Series. Nick Yeoman, Davey Hamilton will be in the booth for that one. Uh, I'll be out on the course helping to call that with Jake and Michael. And then uh, join us for flag-to-flag coverage of uh, the music, uh, the big machine music city, Grand Prix. yours truly, and Davey Hamilton. Then we'll have uh, uh, Michael Young, Nick Yeoman, and Jake query out on the course. And Alex Wolfe, Ryan Marine, and Georgia Henneberry will uh, get you up close and personal with all the action going on on pit Road. And uh, we expect
1: an exciting race tomorrow and uh, hope people will join the sport. I use this expression a lot. The best at what they do, clearly, you guys are the best at what you It's not even a fair fight, for heaven's sakes. Have fun tomorrow. Thanks again, as always, for calling me, Mark. All right, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. If I look forward to it. Thanks so much. They're really good. Ser- I mean, and on the 500, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just—it's a joy uh, to listen to. Them. It really is. All right, so you got the Music City, big music, music. They—they they got the race in Nashville. How's that? Uh, IndyCar in Nashville, NASCAR in uh, Michigan. So coming up after this next scoreboard update, uh, um, Adam Alexander from Fox Sports One will join us talk about NASCAR. We haven't talked to him obviously since. Uh, uh, before the hiatus, and so we're looking forward to that. We're running out of time on the races. We're getting down toward the end. Uh, Also, a reminder, in the next hour, in the 11 o'clock hour, Paul Condry from the Indiana Football Digest Regional Radio Sports Network and I will talk about high school football. It's coming up on the 18th of this month, so be ready. Scoreboard Update with Eddie Garrison. This is Indiana Sports Talk.
2: With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Major League Baseball today, the Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago White Sox. 7-4 was the final score. The White Sox with the win, but it was Jose Ramirez coming away with the win for the Cleveland Guardians. Him and Tim Anderson got into a brawl on the field. This is how it sounded on the Cleveland Guardians radio network
0: slide safe and in the score is Jimenez and another hustle double right over the bag at first now Jose and Anderson square off they're fighting they're swinging down goes Anderson down goes Anderson upset about anything! They came up chewing! Anderson squared off! Hosey decked him!
2: Tom Hamilton needs to have that submitted for an award and put into the Radio Broadcasting Hall of Fame. Nice job on the call. That was Tom Hamilton on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Once again, White Sox 7-4 winners over the Guardians. The White Sox are now 43-68. and 68. The two teams will play one final time of the season tomorrow afternoon. The Detroit Tigers-Tampa Bay Rays play game two of their three-game series today from Detroit, and the Tigers even the series up at a game apiece by winning four to two rubber match tomorrow afternoon for network indiana sports i'm eddie garrison
1: welcome back everybody eddie i i'm again <laughs> there there are certain certain calls that become iconic yep. overnight and Tom Hamilton just got into the icon stage because oh, that, yeah. that, that is absolutely classic. I, down
2: I, goes I mean, Anderson.
1: Oh, you know, twice. <laughs> yeah. It is so, you know, it, it, it harkens back to the down goes Frazier call back in the day. <laughs> oh, and I was talking oh to my.
2: Nathaniel about this during one of the breaks. I was like, his voice, uh, you just have to have to, like the right voice to do something like that. And his voice is just perfect the way he said that just perfect
1: right No, it, he didn't miss a beat and he no. was right on it and 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 obviously accurate and if you haven't had a chance to watch the replay you need you need to get the replay and uh um you know you and i were both baseball fans huge baseball fans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this call oh, oh, oh my goodness a, a great call a fantastic call quite frankly um and we we're losing sight of the fact that uh, it was a pretty well played game, and then then uh, pandemonium breaks out. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's even right. better when you listen to it uh, with the video. I think it, with it lined up perfectly and synced properly, it's just fantastic. It's it's great.
1: It really was. I mean, it absolutely was. And so. Um, if you get a chance, again, get a chance. You you need to listen to it and have, have a little bit of fun. So what else is going on in the baseball world? What else is happening?
2: Uh, not a whole lot. Most of the games have gone final. We've got a couple of games out in the West Coast still going. Uh, both the L.A. teams are playing. Other than that, every other game has gone final so far. Uh, good news for you. The Cardinals got a to win today, 6-2. This is always
1: good. It's, it's always good. Uh, I was I was telling... Uh, Nathaniel, during uh, uh, you know during one of the segments, I was telling him that I, I spent my honeymoon uh, in St. Louis. My I, my wife and I got married, and uh, in July of 1969, my my lovely wife Penny, uh, and so we uh, go to a we go watch the Cardinals and the Cubs. Okay, and it's Bob Gibson and uh, Ferguson Jenkins squaring off against one another, Eddie. It, it, mm. Trust me, two of the you know Hall of Famers. Everybody understands it. Ninety-seven degrees in St. Louis at uh, opening pitch, and we ha- and our seats are in uh, not in the shade. <laughs> so we we are out there now. Personally, uh, I'm in heaven watching this game and watching these guys right. Uh, my newlywed wife is not so happy, and I've told her time and time again. Uh, you know, we've been married fifty-four years, and and her life has. I'm I'm not sure that she fully understood, uh, or I under either one of us did what we were getting into in terms of life. Because I've been in sports, I've been one of those lucky guys. Uh, I've been in the sports business my entire life. Uh, I mean, I'm one of those guys that, you know, y'all, everybody dreams about it, being able to make a living uh, being in sports. I've been able to do it since I was, you know, 21. And I don't think she fully understood that uh, marrying me was going to mean uh, I'm never there on the weekends because we got games. <laughs> there are games the on the weekend. Yeah, games on the weekend, and I'm either going to be there or I'm going to be talking about them. And so – Uh, but yeah, that was, that was one of those big things. All right. So we are, um, Getting ready for Colts next week. So, walk me through the schedule next week. So, they're going to have some practice with the with Buffalo, and then they'll play, and what's going on. So, they, they got a game next weekend, right?
2: They do have a game next weekend. They will not have uh, joint practices with the Bills. So, the rest of the week looks like this. Uh, they will have a, a practice tomorrow at Grand Park. Uh, it will be, I think it's an afternoon. Yep, it's at 2 o'clock tomorrow at the Grand Park Sports Campus. It is sold out, so you can't get tickets for tomorrow's practice. But when you're mm. looking towards next week, mm. uh, they will practice on Tuesday and then again on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're listening and you would like to attend, just go to Colts.com. And at the top, uh, there's a tab called Training Camp, and you can claim your free ticket uh, by going there.
1: Mm. So what do you uh, what do you think about this group? Tell me, uh, you know, uh, to me it all every year you can say the same thing it starts begins and ends with what your quarterback does
2: yeah um there's a lot of off the field stuff that I have to get situated first, specifically with the jonathan taylor situation before i can honestly give you a straightforward answer on it but right as it sits right now Vegas has this uh, has this Colts team as a six and a half at six and a half wins I think that's probably about right it's just going to be a big development year specifically for Anthony Richardson if he's your guy at quarterback so I would expect some highs I'd expect some good games some great games and of course there will also be the bad and the ugly games as well but uh, they've got a favorable schedule it's not there's not a right there's not a lot of tough games on it, so they should be in a, a good amount of games this year, I think.
1: I would think, you know, last year was tough when your owner decided to detonate the team basically <laughs> early on. Um, th- that gets a little hard to bounce back from. So, um, and, and we talked with Rake. You heard that conversation earlier. There are a whole lot of question marks, uh, and they're pretty well documented now. What you're doing with your running back situation. But also, you've had um, offensive line that's underperformed. You've had others underperform. You, you know, your defensive backfield is a question mark. I think literally you can go down the whole roster and talk about question marks with this group.
2: Oh, yeah. There are a lot of players that are having prove-it years this year for the Indianapolis Colts, and you can argue that every player on every team every year, and no matter in mm-hmm. the NFL has a mm-hmm. prove-it year. But more specifically, you look at you know the offensive line all five of those guys have to return to form and play at the level they were playing at in 2021 um obviously uh anthony richardson is out to prove that he's a franchise quarterback michael Pittman jr is out to prove that he's a top 30 receiver in the nfl because much like uh jonathan taylor Pittman is entering the final year of his four-year contract you've got shaq leonard Uh, Can he return to the form in which he was playing at in uh, 2021, forcing the amount of turnovers that he was and making the amount of impact that he was as well? So those are just some of the questions on top of the cornerback room and some of the other stuff that you and Greg touched on earlier.
1: That's why they play him, brother. So Mm -hmm. any... Any developments today on college football? They're trying to blow up college football and make it unrecognizable. Anything on the horizon there?
2: Uh, I haven't seen any news other than last night of Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten along with USC and UCLA uh, in 2024, and the Pac-12 was down to four teams after three teams, Arizona State, Arizona uh, and I, the third team is escaping me right now. That's uh, leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big 12. So uh, I would not want to be in the Pac-12 right now. If you are Stanford, Oregon State, uh, Washington <laughs> State, uh, most certainly.
1: You know everybody. is You know just apoplectic about. Oh, it's all about money and this. Well, yeah, it's about money. I mean, it costs a lot of money to run a college football. Uh, oh yeah, athletic department. I mean that. It 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 really does. And so, you know, and the other part of it, too, I long long have been involved in college sports for a long, long time, working in the conference office, coaching all that other stuff. Let me tell you right now, when you get at that level, um, student athlete welfare, that's just lip service. Those are just words um the, the, there, there's no way they care about the uh, student athlete by putting them on a plane and making them travel from washington to uh delaware and play a football game yeah uh, yeah uh, you can talk about student athlete welfare all you want to you, you, no one's listening i'm not listening uh, what about uh, and, um, and it, i was yeah. about
2: to say what about those teams like you know baseball and softball where they play multiple games in a week
1: Oh yeah, I mean no, no, you're you're exactly right. I mean that was that was my question. That's always my question on these kinds of moves. Uh, how does this impact? Uh, how, seriously, how does it impact the golf team, and how does it impact your your soccer team or your lacrosse team? And you talk about you know you should. If you have an athletic program, you should do the best you can to have a broad-based and successful athletic program. That's the goal, and it should be the goal, and to give people opportunities to do it. So uh, that gets really tricky, trying to pull that off. All right, you got to work. You have work to do. You don't need to yak with me. Eddie Garrison coming up with another scoreboard update on Indiana Sports Talk.
2: With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard updates, I'm Eddie Garrison. NTT IndyCar Series in action this weekend. They will be racing the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix tomorrow afternoon. Qualifying today on the Nashville Street Circuit, Scott McLaughlin finishes P1, and he will start P1 Tomorrow afternoon, he had an average lap speed of 101.327 miles per hour. Colton Herda will start third. He was on the pole last year. Sandwich between the two of them will be Pato Award. Keep in mind, McLaughlin, 101.327 award, 100.881. So you're talking about close to a half a mile separating the two and almost a full mile per hour between first and fourth, and that is Alex Pillow. David Malukas will start fifth. Ramon Grosjean will start sixth. Notable starting ninth. Joseph Newgarden, and that's because he is trailing Pelow in the series standings by 80 points with five races to go and after tomorrow's race they will have four races below with 477 points he's got four wins and two pulls this season green flag will drop tomorrow at noon and you can watch it on NBC Peacock and you can listen to it on the IndyCar radio network minor league baseball today the South Bend Cubs Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. they were rained out they will have a doubleheader tomorrow first game will start at 140 the second game will start 30 minutes after the conclusion of game one and the Fort Wayne 10 caps in five innings they murder the Great Lakes Loons 10 to 1 for Network Indiana Sports I'm Eddie Garrison <laughs> well welcome back
1: I'm just laughing Eddie Garrison is a loon a protected species so if they murdered him they're in trouble
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's true I better look that one up
1: All right, let's talk some racing. For 30 years, we've done a show, and for 30 years, this guy's called me. I'm not exactly sure why, but he has. From FS1, co-host of the incredibly popular NASCAR Race Hub, our good friend Adam Alexander. Hello, Adam. Hey, Bob. Congratulations on
5: 30 years.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I still remember that first night you called me back in your U of E basketball days. And uh, and you still and this it's admirable, quite frankly, that that you continue to call. uh, And I cannot thank you enough just to say thank you is clearly not enough. But thank you anyway. And it's always great to hear from you. It's always great to talk not only racing, but just talk about a lot of things with you.
5: Well, let me tell you how times have changed uh, over the years since I've been calling you. There was a time when I had to find the corner of the house where the kids couldn't <laughs> hear me while I was talking to you late on a Saturday right. night because I'd wake them up. And I'm right. talking to you tonight, and they're not even home yet. So that, that explains to you how our relationship has changed over the years.
1: Right. <laughs> yikes that, that is a great that you know what yeah that's a great story and i remember you know having conversations with you when you were you're trying to be bicoastal, so to speak from evansville to charlotte and, and me trying yep. to tell you look you, you need to stop this you know how many times i told you you were crazy and then you know you your kids are starting to get to that age and then you call me and say we're thinking about a pool and i'm going it'd be the smartest thing you ever did you know those kinds of conversations i was right that's on them right. But I'm glad you called. I can't believe thirty years is astonishing to me, for heaven's sakes.
5: Well, and I, I remember when the program was getting going and and at that time, you know, I knew Scott Eaker and had done some you know projects with him, I was getting to know Scott. Right, right. And and to think about the concept of the show and I spent some time in Kentucky, which you know is a is a hotbed for high school sure. and college sports. Yeah. And now I live in North Carolina, and and you know we have we're right really on the border of South Carolina here in Charlotte. So you hear a lot about sports at the high school level in North Carolina, South Carolina, and there is nothing like the concept of Indiana sports talk. And you know it just speaks to how loyal the fans are around the state of Indiana to sports, and not just the Colts and the Pacers and Purdue right. and Indiana and Notre Dame. It is it is the grassroots level and, and high school sports and what it means for those kids to hear their name on Friday night and for the coaches to call in. And, um, you know, it's what you've done is remarkable, your staff and the commitment that everyone's made to keep the show on the air. But I also, you know, salute those high school athletes and fans and coaches who have also sure. continued to make it work over the years.
1: All right, you're in Michigan, Christopher Bell on the on the pole. Tell me about this race tomorrow. It's a wild race, it really is. You know, 400 miles at Michigan can
5: feel a little bit like a, a sprint because you're, you're <laughs> running high speeds there mm-hmm. and. Yeah, typically we don't have a ton of cautions at at Michigan. It's a track where you can get out and run, and it's pretty wide. So, you know, you don't run the the risk of a a bunch of incidents. So the yellow flag shouldn't come out a whole lot tomorrow. The thing that, you know, two things that stand out to me about Michigan. One, the the speed, which I mentioned, and two, the restarts. It's really wide coming off of turn two. And once you get going on a restart, you need to grab that track position because it's hard to get it once you get on that long green flag run. And so everyone's quite aggressive uh, when we begin a, a run here at Michigan. So that that's the, the two things that I will watch for tomorrow are the, the restarts and, and then just how fast Um, they click off the laps here because the the speeds at at 200 miles per hour make it very entertaining and the draft is a big portion of of what we'll see tomorrow as well
1: Adam I wish I had more time Uh, as a matter of fact I do we're going to take just a quick break hang on with me okay and we'll come back and talk some more you got it Bob thanks welcome back everyone this is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network Adam Alexander FS1 extraordinarily talented guy all right so michigan hey we're running out of races you know we haven't talked for two months so we're into that time where these things are starting to really get interesting in terms of uh point standings yeah
5: you you know you got four regular season races uh, that remain on the schedule and you got four playoff positions open 13 drivers have won but one of those with Shane Van Giesbergen, who will will not compete in the playoffs because he does not run full time, and and so you, you take mm-hmm. him off the board. So twelve regulars have won. That gives you four playoff spots left by by win. You know some of those can be filled by points, obviously, and that's how we would do it. Right? Now. right. started now, um, but but the win and your in scenario exists for drivers, and those spots are still. Available. And with four races to go, you know, Michigan is a race that, that can be strategy driven. You could get a surprise winner, but I think probably more realistically, next week at Indy, you could see a surprise. You know, at Watkins Glen, you could see a surprise. Daytona, uh, certainly you can see a surprise. We got it last year. So really, the last three races of the regular season will be high drama to determine which 16 drivers will be going for the title.
1: That is high drama, to be honest. You mentioned it. How cool is next weekend going to be for you?
5: It's great. I think when you look at that weekend and just, uh, you know, it's almost a throwback in a way because yeah. trucks are going to be there and racing at IRP and, and forever. You know, that little track was not a part of the NASCAR weekend in Indy, and now it is again. They, they picked back up with that last year Uh, and the road course thing and and tying IndyCar and NASCAR together. There's just a lot about what happens next weekend. That's really cool. And, you know, there's a lot of buzz out there right now about going back to the oval next year and maybe doing that periodically, which I I think would be neat and and nostalgic to go back and and race the Brickyard 400 on the oval for NASCAR. Uh, But the here and now is it's, it's road racing and, that does produce a lot of unpredictability. And when you look at where that race falls on the schedule so close to the playoffs, there are a lot of drivers going to that event next weekend. A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sendrick, Chase Briscoe, um, you know, Daniel Suarez, that believe Michael McDowell, they think that could be their ticket into the playoffs. And, and we'll see if it pans out for one of those drivers.
1: You're the best. You You know that. It's great to hear from you. Glad we're back. Glad you're with me. And I'm so glad you called. Adam Alexander. Adam, as always, thanks. My best to the family. Enjoy the weekend and have a great week. Yeah, you got it, Bob. Thank you. Thanks very much. Adam Alexander from FS1 has called us uh, since we started. And um, a lot of gratifying things about this job. Uh, That's one of them. Coming up, we're going to continue to talk more racing. My guy, Tony Donahue, he's going to call me, join me next hour talking about racing. My gearhead from the old days is with us for nine years on Indiana Sports Talk. Also, next hour, Paul Condry and I will talk about high school football. It is coming up very soon, so we're going to start talking about that.